Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Sandy Springs, Georgia, it's time for In and On Business. Brought to you by the Sandy Springs Perimeter Chamber. For more information, go to sandyspringsperimeterchamber.com. Now, here's your host. Welcome to In and On Business with the Sandy Springs Premier Chamber, where we explore the tension between day-to-day business operations and strategic growth, the in and on of business. I'm your host, Andy Williams. In each episode, we explore the ideas surrounding working in your business while also exploring the essential strategies for working on your business, whether that's carving out the visionary path or delivering a final product to streamlining processes, sustainability, whatever the case may be. Both working in and on your business is a necessity to achieving the balance of your success and your company's success. Our guest today first is Gloria Mati. Correct with the last name? Mate. Mate. I knew I was going to get it right, even (laughs) though I knew you corrected me already. Owner of not one, but two Nothing Bunt Cakes here in Georgia. And Matt Foster, tax partner at Frazier & Dieter. Welcome. We're thrilled to have you guys here to share stories, wisdom of everything you all do to leverage your in and out of business within your own organizations. To get us started, let's start with our guests learn a little bit more about them. Gloria, oddly enough, you began your career in accounting as well. So <laughs> let's did. hear how you made that transition from <laughs> accountant to nothing but cakes. From nothing but cakes, right. So I started, like you said, my career as an accountant. I was a CPA and I started in the auditing world. I was auditor for the Office of the Comptroller of Puerto Rico. And then I... I wanted to be in one of the big six companies, right, doing tax and auditing. And the opportunity came for a telecommunications company that was looking for bilingual accountants. And so I had the opportunity to interview with them. And it was actually a company that was the legacy company of what today is Verizon. It was called GTE. And they were looking for bilingual individuals for their international operations. So that's how I ended up in the United States, from Puerto Rico to the United States, as an accountant, as an auditor in taxing and all operational for all their international operations and also domestic. And so from accounting, I was there for about five years in the accounting world, doing new business initiatives and everything that was telecommunications based. And in all honesty, I loved accounting, but I got tired of the taxing and the closings and the closing months every, you know, in one of the closing flash meetings that, that we had, they were talking about that we were losing revenue in one of the cell towers because we were losing records. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to learn about the business. I want to know what the business is about, not just the numbers. And so I did a completely 360 degree and there was an opportunity on a new team that was being developed for telematics so remember OnStar and General Motors so I jumped into that team completely away from accounting into building that network and doing the operations of that network and so I was there for 16 plus years and I was traveling all over the United States in different Mm -hmm. OEMs etc in Then I was in San Diego doing one of my trips to one of the OEMs, and my friend 
invited me to a nothing bun cakes and I said what's that and uh, he said I've never had nothing bun cakes it's like no and so I said I don't know I'll go with you I don't like cake um <laughs> and so I went I saw the bakery and I was like oh my god this is the cutest thing it was in San Diego and I tried the cake and I was like oh my god this is amazing so I asked him is there anything like this in Georgia and he's like no I know them from Dallas and they do super well. And I said, oh, that's very interesting. And then he brought home like a bunch of cakes with them. It's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I need to bring this for gifts. Everybody loves them. So anyway, I came home and I told my husband, hey, I think I, I found something else I want to do. And uh, the reason is because in the back of our mind, I have two kids, but my oldest son is in the spectrum. He's autistic. And so I knew that corporate world was going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. So for some reason we had in the back of our head, we got to do something on our own and see if it's that platform for him. If it's not a platform, at least we can prove if he can work with us that he has a value in society. And so that was the what's in the back of my mind about, you know, stepping out of corporate world and doing this. It's excellent. And so the first reaction was, you're crazy, you don't bake, you don't cook, you don't do anything. Right. And right. I said, that's true. I don't do anything. I always travel over the place. So. It just ended being uh, serendipity, and we just left the conversation there, and I was actually moving uh, to a new house, and um, my friend that introduced me said, hey, somebody took your idea, and there's a store opening in Sandy Springs, and I said, oh, God, I wanted to be the first bakery in Georgia. I said, it's okay, I can be the second one, and um, so um, he actually brought cakes to my housewarming party and uh, so when my husband saw the reaction on everybody's face he's like is this the place you told me about and it's like yeah so we lost the opportunity of number one we got to be number two and um, he said looks like you're into something and so we started researching the reason why I ended up owning a nothing but cakes and here we are and here we are now I got number one and number two bakeries in your yes time. that's yeah. excellent that's because <laughs> and over the course of time you ended up acquiring exactly that first one yeah that's that's such an amazing story to me, just uh, on so many different uh, levels, just simply one being an accountant <laughs> and then transitioning all the way and turning on a very different side of the brain. It's completely different side of the brain. I remember that when I decided to study accounting and be a CPA, what I had in my head was what my first accounting professor at college told me. And it's like, if you're an accountant, you can own your own business. You can do whatever you want. And so that's what actually inspired me to go into accounting. But never in my life thought I would own my own business. I was corporate hardcore. So that was a completely out of nowhere. Excellent. Well, <laughs> does that make you corporate hard, hardcore at uh, Fraser Dieter? Is that where, where we land? With? Give, us, give no, us some of your background, no, Matthew. This is, uh, a, this is a tough opening act to follow here because <laughs> mine is much more simple. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a tax partner at Fraser and Dieter. I've been there for 15 years. So unlike you, I, I uh, am from Atlanta. I'm from this area, actually. I'm from Dunwoody, right where we're sitting right now, and um, have both of my degrees from Georgia State. And I, I remember the summer of 08 very clearly. I left the school in June of 08, and then, or no, in May of 08, and I walked into the doors of Fraser and Dieter in June of 08, and oh. I haven't left since. So, wow. um, unlike you, uh, I am a true walking accountant. It's just the same as last year, every single year. Uh, but no, I've uh, 
greatly enjoyed the the time I've spent here, and I mean it's it's why I've decided to become a partner here and stay here. Uh, and it's it's working with individuals like yourself, working with small business owners, uh, usually family founder owned businesses, and helping them to uh, navigate the IRS, navigate the accounting side of the business, because a lot of people don't have your skill set uh, that have started businesses, and they're very very good at what they do struggle a little bit with with how to operate a business so you're a package that we don't see very often <laughs> in a client base no. it's hard when you when you build your own business and you really don't have any background right mm-hmm. and and still as we'll talk about it it comes to a point in which even though you may have that background you do need that extra help oh, yeah. because you cannot focus on that if you really want to grow your business yeah, so I mean, we're we're brought in a lot of the times to help take over some of that for them, but also give them ideas about stuff they haven't been thinking about, uh, ideas about expanding or having them look three to five years out. Mm-hmm. And they're so focused on the now, they're so focused on next week or making payroll next week that they fail to really think about, well, where do we want to take our business? How far do we want to take it? Or... Uh, I mean, can we make it bigger? Can we expand? Or do we want to sell it at some point? Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you, you lead in with an interesting point there is that there's a lot more being asked of you as an accountant uh, than, there, than, than what probably the, the general public looks at. Is yeah. We look at it very much as it's the numbers and, and you know, they're, they're ledgers and this is the, the route that we go. But the reality is is you're asked to think outside the box for these people as well too. No, it's it's... It's funny. A lot of people, when they when they hear that I do taxes, they think I'm just sitting there with a green visor, and you uh-huh. got I've got my ten. Well, I do have my ten key, and I love my ten key. <laughs> uh, but no, to your point, it's 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 not just looking at the traditional compliance, not just looking at the tax return, but learning about them, learning about what drives them, and what can we do to help further what they want to do with their business. And, and it might not be anything that we can do, but it's knowing people that we can bring in to help with what they want done. No, and, and spot on. And that's, that's where it's, you know, from an innovation standpoint, I think that's, I would say that's probably where you've seen, you know, a lot of businesses, accounting firms, especially grow is yeah. you weren't always supposed to necessarily learn and gain all that inside depth and knowledge. But the importance of that is, is what I think everyone sees now is there's there's a lot more that goes into into strategic thinking yeah. uh, of how do we approach it now to transition to you from a strategic standpoint is how do you evolve and innovate and grow nothing but cakes like what what does that look like uh, especially as a as a franchisee and like exactly. and, and, and moving a business forward you're really leaning probably hard in on corporate a little but they also want you to Go and innovate on your own. So it's an interesting aspect, right? And and again, I had the view of I got to do something on my own. I didn't know what, right? All I knew was accounting and corporate world. So I knew I needed some structure. So that's the reason why a franchise kind of tracked my attention. It's like, I'm a rule follower. I know how to follow a path, right? And um, so I need that structure. Once I have the structure, I can probably just, you know, venture from there. Um and it was, it's interesting, once you start your own business, franchise or no franchise, um, you are mostly, the beginning of the time, just 
in the business constantly. I mean, labor is tough. You don't have the right manpower. You don't have the right team. You are just working in the business kind of, I mean, in my case, I had no experience in the food industry. I had no experience right, in baking. Right. I just had to learn that in three weeks and then fly, right? So, yes, they give you a structure, but you really have to come up and bring in all those skills. And for sure, being an accountant, being in corporate world, that really helped me. It was a huge learning curve. Um, so it was a transition for me um, into venturing into the day-to-day -day operations, physically being there, um, not only implementing all the training that we learn, but also how do you um, coach your team, right? And so from an in working in the business perspective, that's where the majority of the, the action should go, right? Coaching the team, growing your team, making sure that they can do their day-to-day -day operations so that you can transition out and then work on your business and figure out, okay, where do we go next, right? Um, and it's been quite a journey from the first days of, my God, we did 24 hours a day just trying to learn the operations in and out. And then stepping out and saying, wait, we're spending too much money in cost of goods, right? We have too much money in inventory. How do right. we lower the cost? We need to make this profitable, et cetera, et cetera. And right. that's when you step out and got to see all of that. Now, you know, staffing is a key, you know, buzzword these yeah. days. And, and I'm sure, you know, you all are in, in different situations because I'm sure you have part-time staffing that mm -hmm. you also have, let alone full-time. You're mm -hmm. primarily full-time yeah. at, uh, at Fraser and Dieter. But, but I would suspect that, that all of that still is, it's the same conversation that you're having of how do you, you know, how are you finding these new accountants and bringing them on board? How are you finding this part-time staff to fall in love with a business yeah. um, and want to be there, you know, day in and day out? So, you know, from a, you know, I love the idea of coaching, You know, I'm, I'm, my background is in sports, and I, I, sports is my passion. Yeah. Um, so when I look at something in coaching somebody, I'd look at, you know, how do you coach an athlete or how do you, you know, grow them from there? I think, you know, I also look at it in, in the business world. It works the same way. So looking at you first, first Matt, you know, from a, a coaching, growing, um, you know, being in the business a little bit more is, is how do you, you know, what do you do, um, you know, to coach and grow your team and, and ensure you know, their own success and, and peace of mind. I mean, this is a huge thing that we're dealing with right now where <clears throat> we constantly are asking our staff, I mean, what can we do? What, what is lacking? What, what can we do better? And one of the things is training and coaching and, and developing. Developing is a big key word inside uh, public accounting and probably in, in other uh, uh, career paths. But it's in the business space, it's we need to develop these people into becoming the next leaders of the organization, into the next level. And um, COVID has changed that up quite a bit for us. We did start noticing. I mean, I kind of liken it back to I have two small kids, uh, and both of them started elementary school during COVID, and there is definitely this COVID lag to their to their learning. We're starting to overcome it, and in in business we're starting to overcome the covid lag as well because when everybody left the office and we went full remote for i mean about a year uh and even now we're a hybrid environment but that year away from um our staff our seniors 
sitting outside in bullpens and not hearing the conversations between partners, between managers, and just the the overhearing highly technical conversations happening, nobody realized how valuable just the hearing it being talked about in the open in the office was until we didn't have the office to talk about it. So it's it's overcoming and learning how to now work in a hybrid environment and still impart that knowledge. Um, this past year, we did our first firm-wide where we, sh- we brought everybody in to do a week-long of training where you could network and, and not only learn technical aspects, but um, soft skills, leadership, uh, you know, how to work around, um, you know, looking at people's shortcomings, but they're not shortcomings. No. It's, it's, it's strengths that are hidden and um, how to identify those, but also work around uh, a big push in our firm and I think in corporate America in general is this push around mental health. Mm-hmm. and um, being more cognizant of that in the workplace. It, absolutely. I think, you know, that's something that, you know, we've all, uh, you know, had to check that um, a good bit here over the past, you know, year, year and a half. You bringing up having young kids at home, um, you know, some of the things even, you know, f- for us with, you know, my wife working upstairs, me working downstairs and kids working in the middle, um, you know, we kind of let things slide of, you know, who are you online with? What are you talking to? Who are you? Because we knew they needed that exchange and that interaction. And, um, you know, I think it just, it, it proves your point of being back in the office matters, you know, and, and having that interpersonal communication is extremely important, um, you know, from a, a knowledge standpoint, but also from a, just a mental health standpoint, just to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and not, not necessarily about work, but just to turn it all off. Um, a little bit and, and, and take care of yourself. Yeah, there's a lot lost in translation when you're over Teams or over Zoom that I, I, work, I work in the office as much as possible. I like to work hands-on with, with the people that are working on my clients. And a lot of the times there might be some sarcasm that's thrown around and it comes across much easier in person oh than it God, does yes. over Zoom or uh, over email. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, bringing up development, bringing up coaching. Uh, when you talked about, you know, what's the difference between on and in? So I was I was thinking about this over the weekend and over the past couple of days. And um, when I look at working, I get the two confused. I, I'm with you. It's a, it, there's a lot in both. <laughs> on and sure. the in here. Uh, it boils down to what's the core values of your business. Absolutely. Agree. And uh, for Fraser and Dieter, it's, we, we call it peak. So it's, it's people, entrepreneurial, uh, accessible, and quality. Okay. And we live on those core values. Uh, so for our people, I mean, it's one of our things is we greatly invest in our people. And by, in turn, we want them to invest in our clients. Um, so by working in your business on your people, it should in turn, or is it the other way around? I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It in turn, it, it works on your business business. at the same time by focusing on the quality that you're providing to your clients. No, I love that. And I was gonna say your experience, cause again, you're, you're dealing with younger group. Yeah. It's um, a completely different experience. So COVID was definitely quite a, 
adventure in a different way, <laughs> right? So I was lucky enough that I didn't have to close doors because I was not considered a restaurant. So I wasn't serving people. I don't have chairs and tables, etc. Um, so I was allowed to stay open. But then I, I was impacted by the fear of the employees. I was impacted by, I mean, we all were like, okay, so what are we going to do? We, you know, we had big orders, big corporate orders that were shut down immediately. Okay, so how do we pull back and... You know, you got to bring down all of the production effort, et cetera. And mm -hmm. that's the working on the business. And then working in the business it was, okay, so how do I provide some safety to the team members that I have in here? Because I got to make sure that they're safe, right? And, um, and continue, continue the coaching aspect. Um, I got lucky too because I have a mix. I have a mix of younger people and right. I have a mix of adults that some of them are you know, maybe retired moms that are just doing something that they like to do and they don't need the income. So I was really lucky because they were like, we're good. We're just going to go home and, and wait for this to pass. Right. And some of the kids were also, my mom and my dad doesn't want me to work. But then I had the other ones and kind of mixing it into the mental health. I had other ones that were like, if I stay in my house, I will go crazy. Mm -hmm. I cannot do this. Right. I have to be active. I cannot, I get depressed. And it's like, well... I'll provide you a safe environment. We'll put everything in place that we need to put. But, I mean, we got to make things happen, right? And it's that coaching of in good days you have and where there's abundance and when there's sales, this is how you operate. But there's a lot of coaching on when that's not the case, how do you operate, right? No, and I think that's great. I think, you know, the piece that, that really stuck out and, you know, Matt, you had said it, you know, strengths that are hidden. You know, mm -hmm. to me, like that was a... That, like I wrote that down is like, that's I something that. that's a, an interesting viewpoint to look at because too often, you know, if somebody's not successful or they're not hitting marks or, or doing what they need to do, you know, you, you almost look at that as a, as a downfall a for them and a failure. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's not, it's how do we, how do we coach them up? How do we build them up? How do we make that? And it could be even going further. I mean, they might not be hitting the marks in the job that they're doing, but is there somewhere else in the organization that yeah. they, their skill set would be it's better. Very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, we have a couple people that I've seen go from our tax department to operations to marketing, and mm -hmm. and it's they do a good job, but it wasn't. You could tell it wasn't what they were built to do, and so it was. You know, if you look at it just in the lens of their their tax yeah. person. Of course, they're going to fail. If you take a step back and say, "Well, what skill sets are they are they showing?" and is there somewhere else in the organization that would be a better fit? And we try to move people around as best as possible. Yeah, I think that applies to to any business, any industry. I think it's the flexibility, but it also goes with the developing mindset, right? It's not just about looking what is on the outside. You apply for this job and this is what you're going to do. It's about you may not be hitting the mark here, but let me find where you can be and giving them that opportunity. I, and I think that happens in any industry. Corporate, of course, I've seen it, but um, even even in this. And that has been one of my biggest eye-openers. I mean, I had, and in my favorite story, um, I had a, an individual that applied for a job and he actually applied. I divide the bakery between back of the house and front of the house. And he thought he wouldn't a back of the house job and 
uh, we knew he had special needs, and so that's close and dear to my heart. And, of course, I offered him a job. And um, it was interesting. He really didn't have the motor skills to be able to function in the back of the house. But the personality that that individual had was amazing. Right. And the way that he talked to people and the way that he connected, I mean, um, going back to the values, one of our values is creating genuine connections. So it's much more than cake, right? It's much more than the best product. You have to create that genuine connection with the guests that you're serving. He was fantastic. As soon as we moved him to the front of the house, I mean, he could talk a storm and he could create those connections and he could right. say, and, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, nowadays, he evolved. He found a job with other persons because we were able to give them the opportunity and find that spot. And he's now a parole, um, not a paralegal, um, an assistant for special needs kids in a school, which is like fantastic. Yes, right? no, and that's great. And I think um, it, you know it kind of leads a, a little bit into the the on side of things, yeah. um, you know, and and that passion. That mm-hmm. goes into you know finding that passion for somebody and what what that means and um, you know across your businesses you know having that passion or innovation or, or opportunity to um, you know work on your business and grow it is um, is always interesting and I think you know the accounting profession you know we had spoken before is like how do you you know students new hires how do you how do you engage someone to go like and both of you actually can answer this since you know with a background in accounting is um, you know how do you turn somebody's brain on to, to go like, this is where I want to be? You know, how do you, how do you f- get them to find that passion of, you know, you're fighting the marketers of the world, um, you know, with, hey, we're, we have fun and we go out and we entertain and we do this. But at the end of the day, you all are doing a lot of the, those same things and you're engaging in the same way. So how do, you, how do you get people to see that accounting profession as this, uh, this place that's evolved and grown to be, be more? So it's interesting you bring that up. I've been in. I've been talking with the head of the School of Accountancy at Georgia State, and they're having this issue right now where there's not big enrollment into account the accounting program anymore, and it's it is we're seeing it in the profession. I mean, we're seeing it in the industry that we're seeing less students coming out of the school system, and so we're having a shortage of first years coming into the profession. And what is the issue? here i mean that's the thing and and it boils down to or this is my take on it i don't know if it's right but this is what (laughs) i've been thinking for a while is accounting in general i mean it goes back to what do most people think about when they think of accounting they think of you know in a suit and a tie very you know long hours never see light always behind a computer or now always behind a computer but very boring. I mean, dealing with the IRS. Who wants to deal with the IRS? Nobody <laughs> wants to. I don't even want to. But very boring career. Whereas, I mean, it's there are boring times. I think anything that you do, there are boring times if you've done it for long enough. Mm-hmm. But it's also a different... We have a new generation of leaders in the accounting space that we need to show... The students. We need to show younger individuals out there that the days of you know grinding, grinding, grinding are. I mean, it's starting to slow down. I mean, the, it's still there. There's busy times. There's slower times. But we're not just people in suits and ties. I mean, we all have personalities. We all have lives outside of of accounting, and we we. It's not just 
sitting down grinding for 10 hours a day and then going home and doing it all over again the next day. It is working very closely with business owners, getting to know them on a personal level so that we can help them with other needs, not just filling out their tax forms. Um, but it's, it's trying to get people to see because a lot of the older professionals in, the, in this industry wear the, the long hours and the never seeing their kids' baseball games or something along that as a, as a badge of honor, which is not what anybody wants to hear anymore. Right. Um, and in fact, I don't, like, I am very clear with my team. I'm like, I, hey, my girls have cheerleading tonight. I'm going to see them cheer. Like, if you have kids that are doing something, we're doing this for our family but why give up seeing your family grow up yeah. just to do this? No, that's, uh, and, I, and I love that. I know I, I, you know, made it a point and I, you know, my father was in sales, but he was also able to be home a lot of afternoons when I still got home. And, and that's definitely rubbed off on me um, of, of wanting to make sure I was around and being around. And, um, you know, so I think that's extremely important. I think it's important for all businesses, not just... It is, but I think it's what you just said, right? It's about them understanding what is the value of what they're bringing to the community, in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like you said, um, accountants are not just about the numbers and the taxes and just crunching the numbers from, what, what, February through April, and if you're in corporate, uh, a different time frame. But it's about helping that business owner finding an exit strategy or... Where do you get the funds to do that growth that you need? And those, and I think those are exciting times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a misconception. I agree. Yeah. I mean, because my first indication when I told my kids my story and I was an accountant, oh, you were one of those boring people. That and I'm, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, but no. but it's much more than that. No, absolutely. But yeah. I think it's in any in, in, in industry, of course. I mean, the majority of. The my younger you know adults of course they're coming just to do um, um, a summer job or they're coming to do an after school job etc. But I mean the is much more than that is they can Absolutely. get a lot more than just you know learning how to do a POS or whatever. The majority of my kids that come in and it's actually very rewarding. They come they come super shy. They barely answer the questions in the interview. And then when you put them in front of the guest and they start talking and I mean, you see them progress and how, and how they go into college and you, and you see them coming back and asking for references and it's like, Hey, would you tell them what I did at the bakery <laughs> and the connections that I made? And I went with you and I talked to people because those are skills mm-hmm. that they are going to need wherever they go. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And when I bring people into the bakery that I see a potential is if you stay with us, you can do a growth, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a bakery. I mean, the right. the tasks. I mean, the the skills that you're going to learn are going to work with you wherever you go. Right. right. Well, and I, and I think I I look at it as um, they really they really become the face of the business. It's they not don't? you. No. It's it's these you know young children looking for part time jobs that are you know they become the face of of the business. So you have to kind of share all of that knowledge information and, and get them to a point to to be comfortable in the, in their skin and, and and 
show that compassion. It all goes to the coaching and the developing, right? And I think you need to be honest with them. This is, and it's also about the values, right? I don't think if you have any values in your business, then it's very hard to to communicate this and get this in, in, in their heads. But um, for us is, you know, servant's heart. I mean, that's what you're here for, to serve the community in one way or the other. Um, spirit of a champion, things are going to get hard. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter the industry again, right? And uh, so it's that spirit of a champion. You got to get through it, and it, it will be it will be fine. You will get through the other end, right? And um, and genuine connections. Um, one of the many things again, I was in corporate world, and I was in the crunching numbers all the time. And one of the things that I never did was be out in the community and, and outreach at the community. I, you know, yes, we had the. The, the contributions to, you know, donations that you did that were matching by the company and all of that. But being out there in the community was not something that I did a lot in corporate world. And that was one of the, my biggest rewards as I step out. Because, I mean, who moves you as a business owner? The community. Community. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, for sure. Um, well, one last uh, kind of question. We, you know, I, I don't want to keep keep us all here for the afternoon because we, I, we could go round and round and chat even further. But, um, as, um, you know, industry leaders in, in your respective spaces, what advice would you give to, uh, others as to, you know, the, how do you balance, um, you know, not just work life, but even, you know, the in and on business or, um, you know, balance, um, you know, all of this moving forward, what's the, what's something, you know, a, a little piece that, that we could share of how do you balance, um, you know, working in and on business specifically, but even more broadly, cause we've hit it a number of times. How do you, how do you balance all of it? Um, life work, you know, live, work, play, you know, to, how do you, how do you balance all of that? What's the, what's that piece of advice you'd give, you know, somebody, somebody young that's, uh, that's listening to us today. So, so I go back to, I, I think you have to step back sometimes and, and have a vision of what you're doing. Um, in my case, it's super easy to go in because I'm a control freak and I want to make sure that everything <laughs> is perfect and I'm a perfectionist. But in my case, it's really hard to, when I go in the bakery, I, I just want to have hands on, right? But I have to be very conscious and have the vision of stepping back saying, wait a second, I am not helping them in any way. I'm not developing them if I do this, right? And I, and I think it's a progressive, it's a journey. Um, in my case, as a small business owner, you are maybe 90% in at the beginning of your years, and then you have to progress eventually to be more, I will say, 80, 90, and, and 10 or 20 in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's definitely the vision of, for me, is stepping back and I'm like, okay, how am I going to develop them? They are the ones that are going to carry the torch, either in my bakery or somewhere else. And if I do the in, then I'm not developing them. Right. And, I, and I think that's the key in my case. For yep. me, is stepping back, wait a second. I, that's not where I need to be. I need to be developing them so that they go to their next level. That's great. That's great, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I think it's the on comes before the end. No, I agree. I mean, the on boils down to, I, I said it yeah. earlier that, I mean, it has to be your core values. You have to decide what are the core values of your business. Make sure that your team knows that and they believe in those yes. core values also, because if they don't believe it and they don't show it, then the end is not going to, it doesn't matter. 
so I mean, they really feed off of each other. Uh, but I mean, the whole work life, the whole the balance of the whole, of all of it. That's a tough one. I mean it. It takes years it does. to practice to learn. I was telling my girls the other day. It's like my my youngest. It's you know sometimes something's hard. You have to practice at it before it becomes easy. And when it comes to balancing this, and I mean I've been in this in public accounting now for fifteen years. Um, you have to know your. You have to set your own limits. You have to set what is important to you. And what is your end, end result that you want to achieve? And set that firm. And work towards that. But don't try to work past it. Uh, know when to stop. Otherwise, if you don't, Perfect. then you are going to just 100% dive into work. Mm-hmm. And life is just going to leave. And I, I mean, I learned it a hard way several years ago. Uh, but over the past several years, I, I found that I found what I wanted to achieve and I've just been working towards that. And it has changed dramatically the balancing act that I've, I've been doing. It's great. I, you know, what I, you know, love said just to kind of wrap this, this up in a little bit of a, uh, of a bow here for all of us. What I, what I took most out of this was, um, the on, you know, the on before the end. Um, you know, I think that was great. Like it's, it's such a unique perspective to look at it, uh, you know, in regards to that fashion and, um, you know, and, and, you know, the key words and phrases and things that I heard throughout like passion really is what it boils down to just, a um, you know, a passion for, uh, not just, you know, your business, but for all those involved. Um, you know, I love the story of, uh, the young gentleman who just started out in the back and then works his, you know, works his way to the front because he really could connect and, and, and bring it to life a little bit. So it's, uh, it, um, you know, it's great to hear from both of y'all. Um, you know, that's going to bring us to a close. Uh, here today uh, on In and On Business. I want to thank both of you all for being a part of the Sandy Springs Chamber. Um, We're grateful for you all and your businesses and our community. Um, You know, we appreciate your experiences and expertise. Um, I want to thank uh, the team at uh, Business Radio X for uh, hosting us and taking care of us here today and all of our partners and their continued support. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time with us um, and we look to see you next month.